0: So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cards.com. It's magical. You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples 1-inch 3-ring binders are $1.92. One subject notebooks are just 25 cents, and two pocket poly folders are just 35 cents each. Make back to school your business at Staples. only while supplies last.
1: Offer ends 9118, limit 30.
0: Lock Talk Radio.
3: Uh
1: Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with a PH.
2: Hey guys, it's Kevin coming to you with the Finsider, uh podcast. It's Wednesday night, it's podcast night. Uh, I'm flying solo right now, so if you're listening to this and you want to call in, give us a call at 347-326-9461. That's 347-326-9461. We can also talk on the Fensider website. We have a live thread going on there. And you can hit us up on Twitter if you use the hashtag Finsider. I'll pick it up a lot easier. But whatever you want to do, we can talk anything Miami Dolphins, anything you guys want to talk about. Um, getting ready for the 49ers this week. Uh, could be a good game. Could be a really bad game. Uh, it's kind of up in the air right now. Um, not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if things are going to go well. I think um, the 49ers match up well against the St. Louis Rams for some reason, but everybody else, the 49ers are going to give problems to. So it, it could be an uh, ugly, ugly game for the Dolphins. Um, I still like the fact that Kaepernick is the starter, simply because I think that him being a young quarterback like Ryan Tannehill means that he's going to make some young quarterback mistakes and this is his first year as a starter or first what fourth game as a starter so he's going to make mistakes hopefully the Dolphins can capitalize on it Uh, the fact that the Dolphins don't hold on to interceptions very well probably going to hurt but one way or the other the Dolphins may be able to get something out of this Uh, looking forward to the game it's on Sunday it's the late game on Sunday so it, it should be seen by pretty much everyone I think let me pull up the 506.com here for y'all. Not that you guys can see it, but I can describe it at least. Uh late game Okay. Well, don't show it to me then. Uh late games on CBS. All of Northern California, Northern Nevada, all of Utah, um the Dallas area is going to get the game in late slot, so uh, James will be happy about that. Unfortunately, it doesn't reach all the way down to me. Um, The Minnesota and uh, North Dakota border, for some reason, gets it down to Minneapolis. Uh, Chicago and St. Louis market, Cincinnati market, Buffalo market, Philadelphia market, uh, looks like Charlotte, Atlanta, and then all of southern Florida, up through Orlando and Tampa up to the edge of the Jacksonville market and just south of Gainesville. So that's who's getting the game, uh, just so you guys know. Um, obviously, Sunday morning I'll have it posted on the site, um, but that's uh, the game so far. Uh, currently, don't have anybody in the live thread. Don't have anybody that wants to talk to me tonight. Apparently, this is going to be just like our Friday night uh Google Hangouts so come join us um, talk anything Miami Dolphins you guys want to talk about give us a call if you really would be kind 347-326-9461 we'll uh, take you on the air let you ask questions let you take over the show whatever happens Um, it's really a kind of an easy easy thing oh look at that Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> hey, I just saw that you were on the thing. So, Chris, welcome.
4: Yes. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Glad to be here.
2: Everybody, Duke's on the line now, so I'm not by myself, so I have somebody to talk to. But How, how are you doing?
4: So, uh, I'm doing well. I will probably have to mute out for just a second because I have to place an order at the drive through uh, It's going to be <laughs> a night, but after that, I will be good to go. so uh, i'll be right back
2: okay and strange you were at the hangout and you are here now that is true so it's strange me and duke for the night it seems like so um yeah strange what you want to talk about You guys get to listen to me typing for a second. I was putting it up on Twitter that the show was live, so you guys got to listen to me typing for a second. I can give you my nifty typing sound effects if you guys want. Where's it? There it is. It's almost a minute of that. I'm not going to uh I'm going to hold on to it. Um strange I'll make sure that Chris knows that you asked about some some fries um when he gets back on the show but go ahead and since uh it's what I end up doing on the Google Hangout show on Friday nights um I'll go ahead and look at the injury report for this week I'm scrolling through all the games oh yeah of course it gets cut off at the Miami Dolphins why wouldn't it um let's see Singles, Chiefs, Dolphins. Uh, did not practice today was Jimmy Wilson. Limited in practice was Charles Clay and Brandon Fields. And full practice was Carlos Dansby, Anthony Fasano, Jaworski, Lane, Koa Misi, and Austin Spittler. Uh, Wilson has a hip injury that he did not practice for. Clay's ribs are bothering him. Brandon Fields now is both knees. It was just his left knee before, but now apparently he has injured both knees. Uh, full participation Dansby is still obviously his biceps Fasano still his hip Javorski-Lane is a knee injury Koamisi is a finger and Spittler is an ankle uh, for the Niners practice was not complete when the report was published so they don't have anything so that's where we stand on the injury report for this week so far um, say uh, if you guys uh, oh Hey, uh, hey Chris. Chris. And I'm back. Yes. Strange wants some fries.
4: Um, I've already ordered, but I didn't get any fries. Sorry, sorry, Strange. Hey, and I want to I want to say something real quick. I'm gonna give a yeah. shout out, to Strange, because he is a faithful listener of the podcast. He's there every week, so he is. Good job, Strange.
2: Strange, he's every week. He's in the podcast and he's at the uh, Google Hangout. So he right. he he likes to listen to us babble on about stuff. <laughs> thoughts on the last drive of the Pats, should Wake have been in from Strange? What do you think? You, do, do, did you hear the controversy about that, about what happened on that last drive with Wake and Audric?
4: Yeah, and my thoughts were that, yeah, those guys should have been in there maybe, but they were running the ball. Yeah. So I mean, I thought if we'd had a bigger line up yeah, sorry, I, I thought if we'd had a bigger <laughs> lineup in there that we could have stopped the run rather than there weren't they weren't trying to pass pass the ball. So getting a having our pass rushers in there in my opinion wasn't as big of a necessity as having guys to stop the run. You
3: right. know, so if
4: we'd had a lineup like say McDaniel, Stark, Soleye and whoever else you want to throw in there to be, you know, maybe Audric throwing another run stuffer in there because that's what they were doing. And if they were going to throw the ball, they weren't going to throw it deep. They were just going to dink and dunk the ball. So, you know, we, getting a pass rush at, at, at that point was not as important, I thought, as trying to shut down the run, which we didn't do. So, right. I mean, maybe Audric and Wake would have done a better job, but I don't think it was. I don't think their their role was pass rushing. Was as crucial there, so you know I've seen I've seen them go with a bigger lineup in, in events like that, and we'll probably see that this week with a, a run heavy team, where we'll see a lot of the three defensive tackles in there um, trying to shut down the run more so than having uh, two tackles and two ends rushing the passer. I think
2: uh, I think what ended up being the bigger decision in that case was not Wake or Odric being on the sidelines but was that Keyston Randall was inactive for the game because I think in that case they could have used him because the Patriots were simply running the ball up the middle and Starks and soliai I, I think that they just looked tired. They, the Dolphins realized they're running it right up the middle. We need our big run stuffers in the middle. And those guys I think were just tired and couldn't do it. And I think if Randall had been in there, that would have given them another big body to put in the middle and at least give Starks or Soli a play or two off. Um, I don't think it would have made any difference with Wake or Audric in there because, they, like I said, they are running up the middle. Wake and Audric would be going up the sides, and the run would run right past them as it went up the middle. So I don't think it was really going to make much of a difference. Um, I did see somebody ask, what were you saving them for? And it's a very valid point. I mean, I know you have a rotation, but you're that late in the game what exactly are you trying to prevent them from being tired for? The plane ride home? I mean, and it was in Miami, so not even a plane ride home. Uh, what are you trying to keep them from being tired about? So both of those and sentences were think, horrible English, by the way.
4: I think that part of part of that would, would be that, you know, in most instances you would, you would have thought New England maybe would have Maybe he was thinking they would try to score quickly or that they could score quickly. I don't know. I don't buy the, you know, it was a regular rotation thing. I yeah. do buy the fact, however, that, uh, you know, regardless of who's in there, they should have stopped these runs. They should So have. I mean, I don't think having Wake, maybe, he, you know, maybe these guys are a little bit better than, than Vernon and, and Shelley and whoever else at stopping the run. But in this case, you know, we're relying on our linebackers, our safeties, um, you know, and our defensive tackles to plug the middle up, and our ends are there for contain. They're there to 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 um, for backside pursuit. So, you know, it's one of those things, yeah, you want to have your best players out there, but at the same time, you know, what what difference is it going to make when they're just running the ball down your throat? I mean. So we stopped him for a six-yard gain Instead of an eight-yard gain I mean, I, I don't think it was that big of a deal With those guys in there yep. um, Now, the only The only thing that you may have Possibly been able to do with that was have uh, You know, being Audrick Is a, more of a natural defensive tackle Anyway, throw him In the defensive tackle rotation And have him, you know Sub in with Starks and guys like that And use him in that position And that's and I think it's going to be something interesting going forward with the team. Is if they don't feel like they can re-sign Starks, then you know, Audrey's going to be the natural first pick to go into that defensive tackle rotation there. So I think it's something they could have attempted to do uh, with Odgers a little bit. But overall, I'm not over. I'm not that disappointed in the in in the, in that decision.
2: Yeah, I think in the end. I don't think it made that much of a difference. I think that it got a lot of notice because when Cam Wake is on the sidelines, people are going to notice it. But, yeah, I don't think it made enough of a difference that uh, that it's worth noting. Um, and apparently, in case you guys don't know or you don't follow the Dolphins players on Twitter, um, looking through this, I just saw it because Ben Bolin tweeted something about it. But I just flipped over to uh, the Dolphins list that I have, and it seems like just about every other – in some cases, every tweet is a retweet from Rashad Jones about uh, somebody saying that they need to go vote for him for the Pro Bowl. So I'm really thinking Rashad Jones wants to go to the Pro Bowl.
4: (laughs) Wait. I read today – they had an article on the Sun Sentinel – about him, uh, they said that was one of his goals was to make the Pro Bowl. And uh, he's falling behind in fan votes. And as I was reading it, the first thought that came to mind was, well, all he all he really needs to do is go out and have like a three-interception game, and yep. he's going to get votes. The fact is that what he is really good at, and he had a great, great play this week. That interception was a thing of beauty. Um, he was off the line of scrimmage. Uh, He was actually actually at the line of scrimmage, but when Hernandez came out, he was like Rashad Jones was inside of another defender. So he had to chase him down from behind, and he chased him down, was running step by step. And I watched it in slow-mo the other day, like frame by frame, and Hernandez's hands were right there. I mean, it's like the ball was almost there. And all of a sudden there's this white glove or orange glove or whatever. snags the ball out of nowhere. It was beautiful. Yep. I almost, he, uh, makes, you know, he makes those kind of plays, but what he's really good at is just a cover guy. He's improved a lot in coverage, and, t- you know, guys don't throw at him. A uh, Quarterbacks don't throw it when he's covering a tight end or a running back or whoever. He deflects a lot of passes, but he's not getting all these interceptions. So
3: right. the
4: things that make him good, that make him a good safety, are not things that people, the normal average fans or the fans that don't follow Dolphins would recognize.
2: Yeah, I almost when I did my uh play breakdown, um I did one today and I almost used that play of him making that interception, but it's it's a play that you have to watch in motion. It doesn't work well to uh photo or uh screenshot captures because it was simply him going down the sidelines and then jumping up and catching the ball. But your microphone is really picking that up loud by the way.
4: Sorry, I don't know what it is about this phone. Like, I, I'll call people and I'll say, I can't really hear you. And my mouth right at it. But for some reason, you can hear every little crinkle of paper or anything else. So. But, but uh, yeah, and I mean, I think Rashad Jones is good. He's becoming a good safety. You know, all the B writers are talking about him, you know,
3: yep. becoming a
4: playmaking safety. Um, I don't know that I would go so far as to call him, you know, a game-changing type safety, but he's a very good safety. He's he not is. a liability. Uh, I think Clemens, he's 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 okay. You know, it seems like to me he just lost a little bit more coverage than Jones does. But, um, and actually, believe it or not, the Bleacher Report had a really good article about Rashad Jones, and they did a kind of a frame-by-frame shot of some of the things that he does. And, and it was it was really good read by them, uh, and, and using those screenshots about some of the some of the plays that you see, what he does, how he makes plays. Like for example, um, in the Buffalo game, he made a uh, he stopped C.J. Spiller for a one yard gain uh, after he broke outside, mm-hmm. and it was it was showed really good kind of like where he was on the start of the play, you know, the decision making, and then how he made the play. So. Um, And I like him. I think that's that's one of those needs now that's that's no longer a need. I think we can go forward with him and worry about other positions.
2: I think it was interesting that the Dolphins signed Tyrone Culver yesterday and brought back Culver. I just thought it was interesting. Um, He was a guy that they had hoped would be a starter, him and Clemens fighting for that starter spot, and – Then he sort of unofficially moved over to become the second guy behind Jones, and then he ended up being the guy that got released when uh, the Dolphins did their waiver pickups at the start of the season when the final cuts were made, and they made their uh, waiver claims. Culver was the guy that got cut to make space for guys. And now we're back, what, week 13, 13, 14 weeks into the season, going into the fifteenth week. No, fourteenth week. Fourteenth week, thirteenth game, yeah. So uh we're fourteen weeks into the year and suddenly the Dolphins sign him back. So I just found that interesting.
4: I think I think that might stem from the injury to to Jimmy Wilson. Yep. So um that uh, you know, they use him a lot at the nickel corner. They also use him some in, in certain packages as a safety. So,
3: yep.
4: I don't know. Maybe they felt like some depth. They be. also signed it. They also signed like a some backup left tackle or offensive tackle. I don't know.
2: Yeah, place. Uh, Which I think
4: that's the. I don't remember his name now, but
2: yeah. Um, yeah.
4: But I think that's the, probably the biggest story right now with the Dolphins is. The injury to Jake Long and what that means.
2: Yeah, it's 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 obviously going to be the topic for a while around the Dolphins. What exactly is going to be the future of Jake Long in Miami? Is he going to be back next year? Um, it, it'll be an interesting thing to watch as the season ends, as we go into the postseason season prior to March when the free agency period starts. And I think one, I think one of the things that's going to have to happen is I could still see the dolphins using the franchise tag on him. I think they're nuts if they do, because 15.4 million is too much, but they very well could. Um, Patrick Brown is that tackle they signed by the way. Uh, They, uh, I think they could use the franchise tag on him. I don't think they will. Um, but what it may come down to is the Dolphins go, hey, look, go test free agency. Go see what other teams are offering. Come back and negotiate with us. We we will negotiate with you, but we're not going to start off at Joe Thomas money. See what other teams yeah. are offering you. And yeah, I it,
4: think – I think that, I mean, realistically, I mean, unless there's just somebody out there who just decides to throw a bunch of money at Jake Long, I think the Joe Thomas deal is, is out of the picture for him. And yeah. I mean, and I was talking about that, I think with Martin and a couple other guys on the site and that, and he, and Martin mentioned the Carson Palmer trade. And, and, you know, I don't remember what my reply was, but I got to think about it later. I was like, well, you know, teams will always, make a play for, for unrealized potential players. You know, Dallas made a huge trades for Roy Williams. They traded for Carson Palmer. They found his big names in free agency thinking that, you know, maybe they'd seen a change of scenery or something else. But the issue with Long is not his drop off at play. They, you know, if that was the case, uh, then maybe he would get a big deal. But he, he's come off his second season on IR. And I think teams will be wary of that more than the play. I mean, they'll right. look, you know, yeah, you're not as good as you used to be. Whatever, we'll still give you you know twelve, thirteen million dollars a year because, you know, if I'm Arizona and Jake Long's not injured, but he's dropped off, he's still better than anything they've got. Yep. So you're like, yeah, we'll, we'll take that. But coming off the injury, and I watched the injury on TV um, on the NFL Network. He was blocking somebody. He just he went in and gave him the punch in the shoulder, you know, under the shoulder pad he grabbed his arm, so I mean it wasn't some freak injury, like uh that awful looking injury of Sean Locklear Monday night, oh yeah, that made me sick. um, it wasn't some freak injury like that this was he was doing his job, he hit the guy in his tricep tour, so it's one of those you know teams are gonna try to keep the price low because they're saying it's wear and tear,
3: yeah, and
4: I really, really think that. And I think, it, in a way, it's kind of good this week that um, Jonathan Martin's going up against Alden Smith because this is basically, you know, the guy who's leading the league in sacks right now. So we're gonna—he's going to get baptized by fire, so to speak. I mean, he's going to be thrown in there. And they're going to say, "Here, and block this guy." And if that's he doesn't, actually well, we know. You know.
2: That's actually uh, the point. Strange made that Alden Smith will have a huge up or a huge say in Long's future with the team this week. Depending on how Martin does against him. And then Strange also says that, Duke, your baby is making very, very cute sounds.
4: Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, she's up here playing in the floor. She's at the uh, crawling around stage now. Here she comes. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I I agree with that. I think Alden Smith is going to have some say. And and I read something that they – one of their players, it might have been Justin Smith, I don't remember who said that, Martin was a serviceable tackle. Yeah. You know, and there's the argument that we've seen on the side about, well, you don't need a great left tackle, you just need a good one. But here's the issue that I think that we're going to run into. And wow. should make it more cute. <laughs> I think the issue that we're going to run into is, what if Martin goes out there in the rest of the season, and he's going to play some good pass rushers. I mean, he's still going to get Jason Babin, um you going to get Mario Williams or whoever else again. Going to, and the Patriots don't have anybody, but they do have Chandler Jones, a rookie who's you know, played, played well, so he might get him at the end of the year. So he's going to get tested. And if he fails, if he can't hold up, I mean, if he gets to the point that we're having to keep Fasano over there on every play, we're having to chip a guy every play, then, you know, and that's going to leave us in, in the predicament of, do we refund long are we going to pay him the kind of money that that he's going to ask now because that gives him leverage? and if Jonathan Martin goes up there and shuts people down, you know that that rumor longs leverage, Yep. but if Martin goes there and can't do that, then long gets some leverage saying, "Hey, you know you thought you might have a replacement, but you really don't so if they don't if they don't do that, you know Dolphins fans may get very disappointed when the first round pick top. Paul comes in and the commissioner says we're picking another left tackle somewhere.
2: Well, I Hold agree. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think he's right on that. Um we we may have to if if long walks and uh if, if long walks away, the Dolphins let him go for whatever reason and Martin is proving to be a better right tackle at the NFL level than a left tackle. We may just have to accept the fact that we're going to be going uh, offensive linemen early again, and people are going to absolutely hate it. I know they are, and the site is going to go crazy in April when the Dolphins are on the clock, and the answer is a left tackle, but if we get rid of long – it's a huge hole that has to be filled, and if Jonathan Martin isn't the guy, it may have to go that way. Um, I know Keith posted on the site today a uh, a the, his first mock draft of the year, and Strange, it is really weird that you are the only one in the live thread right now. But uh, Keith put up his first mock draft of the year, um, and he has us taking a defensive end. But if Martin is struggling and Jake Long walks away, it might have to be a left tackle in the first round. Um, I have not looked at tackles at all in college, so I don't know what depth there is at all there. But it well, may end up being a early pick for the Dolphins.
4: And it depends where we pick. I mean, if we finish 8-8, eight eight, you know, the best the best left tackle out there is... Luke Jokel from Texas A and M. Mhm. Um, and he will probably go in the top five. Um, my my prediction would be he'll go to Carolina if um uh, if he doesn't go somewhere else first. I, I don't think they get him because they need a left tackle. But um
2: Keith has him Jake going Matthews. to Keith has him going to the Eagles at four right now.
4: Um and I, I saw I, I I saw his mock draft, and I really liked the Deion Jordan pick. That would be
3: uh, – and
4: what, what the reason I liked it even more is I already liked the guy. I thought he'd be a good pickup for us. I, I read his mock draft today. Keith and I already talked about it last week on Facebook, I think. Then I go into another site today, and I read, and they said, he reminds people of Jason Taylor. I was like, please draft <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so, uh, but anybody
2: um, says that, we, we have to take him.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard comparisons to Jason Pierre-Paul, Jason Taylor, yeah, uh, you know, other people. I was like, yeah, just just go ahead and sign me up. But uh, but yeah, there's some other guys that could be around there when we pick. One guy that I read about, a kind of a dark horse, excuse me, candidate, is Lane Johnson, the tackle from Oklahoma. They're he's a late first, possibly second round pick. He's not necessarily the most athletic, but he's very technically sound. And with our, uh, Ireland, with um, Fieldman coaching background at Iowa, uh, and that group, where you know they they have a lot of technically sound offensive linemen, that I, I told uh, Keith asked, that that sounds like his Fieldman's kind of player. So if we don't go with a left tackle in the first round, that could be a guy we steal in the second. But there's there's some good tackles out there. Just you know, it's not as deep as the 2008 group, and. um I don't know. It just depends. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping Martin can hold it down. Ideally, in a perfect world, I think what what would happen is Jack Long, you know, wants to stay in Miami. He takes a contract, a shorter term contract, with incentives yep. and escalators, saying that you know, if you get hurt, you know, we're going to pay you this much base, but we're going to give you bonuses based on how you play and how right. how, how many games you play, roster bonuses. You know, if he's there on the fifth day, if whatever, those kind of deals. Ideally, he would take that, and then we have the flexibility. Let's say Martin plays well at left tackle. Long wants to come back. We could maybe throw Long over on right tackle, or maybe more. You know, maybe we keep it the same way it is now. At that, in my opinion, is the perfect solution. But you know, it's not a perfect world, so it is going to depend. I am really, really nervous about this matchup because I, you know, one of the things with. Martin coming out of college was he doesn't handle speed rush very well, um, and that he's got good technique, but he handles he handles more of the power rush guys better. He doesn't handle the, the speed guys as well, and the lack of strength guys can you know they can put some moves on him and stuff. So I, you know. I don't know if we have to keep. I'm just worried we're going to have to keep a guy over there just to, to double team Smith all the time. It's going to really limit our, our already limited offense.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it'll it it it'll be a tough game. Um, the offensive line worries me now, um, and maybe not even because of uh, Jonathan Martin, but because what are we going to have at right tackle? Nate Garner did not make me feel good about him on. Uh, Sunday. And maybe a week of reps will help him. Um, I don't know. It it doesn't make me feel good about that. I love Nate Garner. I think he is a great utility guy that can go in there and give somebody a break for a few plays. I don't know if I want him at right tackle for an entire game. Um, Another option, and I don't know, is put Garner in it. Right guard and put John Jerry out at right tackle. Um, I don't know. After that, I don't know. So I think it'll be interesting yeah, to watch this week.
4: Was, and I mean, you know, maybe I'm just being overly pessimistic about it. I mean, we threw John Jerry at left tackle last year and he yep. played well enough, you know. So it wasn't like, I mean, we were talking about cutting that guy this year, so. Yeah. I mean I don't think it's like I mean Martin's just getting beat down every single play, but he's going against any lead pass rushers, so you know, I just I just hope it doesn't become one of these deals where, you know, if uh if Hill walks out, and you know, we give up seven sacks or something like that. And,
2: they may uh, just yeah. have to keep um Fasano or Mastred over there and let them help out against uh Smith.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I don't know. It'll uh it'll be something to watch. Um how well can the rookie do? And everybody when we drafted him, everybody said, Oh, it's the sign that the Dolphins are done with Jake Long. Well, here's the test. We'll see.
4: Yeah. Which in, in a way is a blessing because you get you get to test it. While you still have you still have Jake Long and he's not yeah. you know playing for someone, else. so you kind of know where you stand, as opposed to well we're just going to let Long go and then throw him out there next year and you're like oh crap this guy can't do it.
2: Sorry, I was reading Twitter no. at the same time. Nope.
3: Oh, thought I dropped a call or something.
2: No, I was I was reading Twitter. Sorry. I had a bunch of people tweet me all at once and just trying to see what they were saying. Nothing pertinent right now. I thought maybe we had listeners, but no. Um I think it's just strange still. <laughs> everybody else is scared away. Strange, why did you scare everybody away? But
4: well, my How- name is I tuned in and They thought, man, who are these – who's this hillbilly talking about football? What does he
2: know? (laughs) They tuned in and thought it was a NASCAR show, and they hung up.
4: I was going to say, it might have been the NASCAR hour that finally
2: (laughs) – Um, Strange asks, speaking of testing rookies, how would we test the rookies that we do have? What what would you – what do you want to see from the rookies this week or the rest of this year?
4: Well, you know, the guys that we have that are, you know, the rookies that w- that are still on the team, but, you know, there's only really three that are untested. I mean, we know about Lane. We've seen Shelly in some cases, uh, you know, Vernon, um, Martin, Tannehill, all that. The three guys are, are Miller, Egnew, and Matthew. And Matthew's just picked up some playing time,
3: yep. and I
4: have really high hopes for that guy. You know, not that he's going to be some super duper, super duper awesome receiver, but he seems to have he seems to have the 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 build, the, the, you know, the body style, the speed to be a good West Coast offense receiver. He's got good enough speed that he can beat people deep. He's got uh, you know enough size that he can make physical catches. He made some good plays in the preseason to show that he has a knack for making big plays. It's just a matter of can he, you know can he do it when when the bullets are live? Can he do it when um, you know can he can he do it when teams aren't playing vanilla defense? Things like that. So I, I think he's showing that. I mean, he could have had two catches this week. He ended up with one. Uh, the first was just an just an, and, uh, an over or under throw by Tannehill. Right. The first one. The second one. He just, you know, beat the guy deep, caught the ball uh, in traffic, and, you know, made a good play there. So I think that he's got some potential. I'd like to see him be used a little bit more. It's for Eggnou. I think it's just time to get him on the field and, you know, take what he does know of the offense and use him in those areas. I mean, you're not going to be using him as a blocking tight end. You're not going to be using him much as an in-line tight end. So this is still not wide. Yeah. I mean, when we get down at the 15-yard line, we don't have anybody with, you know, a real red zone threat. We don't have a guy that can just go up and get the ball. So I throw him out there and say, here, you know, you know X number of routes. This is the route, you know, this is the play we're going to call run this route, and we're going to throw you the ball and see if you can catch it, yep. you know. You know, then we can worry about, you know, developing the other aspects of the game in the off season, you know, going into next year. And then with Miller... You know, I think we've seen what we're going to get from Miller. And, uh, you know, that's promising. It's it's good because the guy seems to – I think he got one run against the Colts and he got seven yards. He was stumbling. They tripped him. He stumbled and got seven yards. So I think the guy's right. going to be a good playmaker in the backfield uh, moving forward. I think it's time to, you know, use him. You know, and, and one guy that we got, to, we got to see an extra playoff last week was Mark Sickpen. uh they split him out wide, and they ran an end-of-round with him, and he picked yep. up a first down, got nine yards out of it. So, uh, you know, just stuff like that, just, just see what they can do, take their strengths, you know, play with their strengths, and see what they got. I mean, it may be that we go in and throw, you know, three touchdown passes to Egnew, and we're like, where's that been all year? You know, and use him in certain plays, or it may be that he's just not very good at all, and that was a busted draft pick, so.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the big thing is, There are a lot of people right now that are ready to call Egnew a bust, and I don't know how you can call him a bust given that he's not even on the field yet. I really think that Egnew's biggest problem was the speed of the game, and it just – those preseason games, you could just see it. He was so confused with what was happening around him, and I think it was just – I mean you can't predict that. There's no way to sit there and look at a guy in college and say – Yep, when he gets to the pros, his head is going to swim from the speed of the game. Some guys pick it up fast. I mean look at Tannehill. Tannehill, everybody said, oh, he's going to need time to develop. The game is going to be too fast for him, blah, blah, blah. And he came out right away and figured it out. But uh, Egnew, for whatever reason, it it didn't click for him right away. And I think that it's time now that even if he doesn't know enough – you put him on the field simply to get him the snaps and let him see a full-speed defense. Let him be out there mm-hmm. and experience what's going on so that way next year he is a little bit ahead of where he is right now. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Agnew is a big one that has to get on the field soon. Um, I think you're right on Lamar Miller. I'd really like to see some more carries from him, something more. I don't know if the team is planning to save him. … for next year and let Bush go. I, I don't know. I just – it doesn't make much sense. Um, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. And Matthews, I'm happy to see he's starting to get the snaps. He's starting to get the experience because it's exactly the same thing as Egnew. You may as well get him out there and let him experience the game so that way next year he's a step ahead. Otherwise, he's essentially still a rookie. So And yes, we agree. We fully, fully agree with you, little miss thing. Yes. But
4: that's what she thinks about it.
2: <laughs>
4: she was uh, happy and overjoyed when uh, the in the Seattle game when Ben Carpenter's kick went through the upright. We both, I went, I started, I looked at her, and went, "Yay!" and she smiled and clapped her hands. So <laughs> I am, I am teaching her early in life that life is full of of uh, obstacles and misery. And there's no better way to teach for that than becoming a Dolphins fan.
2: (laughs) Strange asks, okay, if we do let Egnew be active, who do you sit? Who do you make inactive in his place?
4: Oh, I mean, you can find somebody. I mean, the issue is going to be we're going to keep on the offensive line, we're going to keep Samuda in there because he plays, I think he plays on the kickoff team. Right. And, um, you know, Yeatman has been inactive for a lot of games. Yep. But with Andrews the alone, they might have to keep him or that new guy, uh, Patrick something or other.
2: Yeah, I've already forgot remember. his name now.
4: Um, Was it they Cook? might need to keep no. him being active. Um, <laughs> being that we're playing a team with, with good pass rushers, it may be that you know, they need to keep, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult. Because, you know, a lot of these guys that we don't ever see play much are, are special teams guys. So, yeah. So, you know, we want to throw any out there on special teams. So, and with a pass rushing team, you know, you don't have to keep those blockers in there to, you know, maybe help out Martin. So you don't want to keep somebody like Mastrud or that new guy, Kyle Miller or whatever. You don't want to keep him, those guys, inactive in the event that Martin gets beat up a lot, we're going to have to keep him over there. So, yep. you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe an extra linebacker. I mean, who knows. But I would keep somebody – I would find somebody like that, one of those special teams guys, so Agnew out there, um, and you know, and then and, and put him in certain situations, see what he's got. Um, my guess would be just a linebacker.
2: Linebacker makes sense, yeah. I was thinking you could go somebody like Lane. You could deactivate Lane and just let Charles Clay play the fullback position for the full game, and let Agnew yeah. take some snaps. Um, yeah, that yeah. that would be that would probably be one way to go, but um, especially
4: if Lane's nursing an injury. So. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, I don't know, and maybe Jimmy Wilson is the guy because he's injured too. I mean, that could replace somebody yeah. on the inactive list if he can't play. So
4: Yeah, and that that scares me to death because our secondary yep. is so it's thin. So and
2: thin and yes. When
4: Marshall when Marshall went out and you know, a lot of people were making a big deal that he took Vontae Davis' starting job, but what a lot of people don't realize and and I think Omar Kelly must tweeted this a million times, um, to the point he was getting frustrated, he was like, Vontae Davis is not the nickel corner.
3: When yes. they
4: go to a nickel package, Marshall moves to the nickel spot, and Vontae takes over and on the outside. So if Marshall was still healthy, what we would have is we would have him and Smith starting on the outside. When they went into a nickel package, Carroll would step in on the outside, and Marshall would move inside. With him being out, that failed Wilson, and teams are picking on him. Yes. And I think it's just because a tough position and I, you know, I just don't know that he's he played some last year. I just don't know that he's necessarily suited for that. I think he's more yeah. safety. He's um, a
2: safety or an outside corner. I I don't think he's Yeah, and he, he is he doesn't match up well with a guy like Welker.
4: Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's what I think when we go into the draft we're gonna be looking for guys that uh we're going to be looking for corners that can probably be both like Marshall can. Preferably, uh, even though Marshall was a starter this year, I would prefer to get an outside guy and let Marshall be the full-time inside guy. Um, I think he's better fit there, but you know, with them being out, if Wilson's out, we're going to have Stanford. Um, I can't even think of that other guy's name we just acquired um, a couple weeks ago from Tampa Bay. I don't remember his name.
2: Yeah. But, um, you
4: know, we're throwing those guys out there in nickel packages. So, and, and it may be that
2: McCann? That's one of
4: the reasons we brought back Culver. Big what? McCann. Brian McCann? Yeah. Yes, and he's seen playing time too. So, I think we're going to have to get to a point where, you know, maybe in this game that we just run with three corners. If we keep Wilson out, keep Stanford, uh, Carroll, and Smith on the guys, and run with three safeties if we need to go in a package and I think that might be why they brought back a guy like Culver who who is good. Uh, he can play he can play the free safe position and maybe they let Rashad Jones run in there and you know and cover Davis or, you know, yep, Could you know, somebody be somebody like inside. So
2: Jones Jones has the coverage ability to all, he can almost play like a corner. Obviously he's not as skilled at a corner position as an actual true corner, but he does have the skills to be able to be decent there. And, yeah, if they needed to, I think that's what they would probably do, is move him in, and then Culver could replace him, because obviously Culver knows, at least he knows the basis of our defense. He may not know all the intricacies put in since the season started, but, yeah.
4: And, you know, it may be that we're probably going to play a lot of zone this week, uh, to, yep. to nullify that, because I think with Culver and Jones and guys like that, they would excel in his own coverage simply because of are safety. They're more used to that than man coverage. Um, I mean, I would not really feel, as, as well as Jones is playing, I would not feel comfortable with him lining up man-to-man against Vernon Davis no. consistently. So, you know, I think we'll see stuff like that. it's going to be, <clears throat> the good thing there, I think, is that while, while, 49ers have some playmakers on the outside, and they will throw the ball. They are a power-run team, so they're going to try their best to run the ball more and establish yes. that Then a team like New England is going to come out and, you know, throw the ball over the yard. I think they had, like 11 rushing yards in the first half. They probably only ran the ball five times, and they just threw every time because they are like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to worry about <laughs> you trying to run on these guys. We're just going to throw all over the place. Right. So I think, 49ers have a team like that. So
2: that's that's, that's going be be to be the story of the game right there, is the the uh, 49ers have the second-ranked rush offense in the league, and the Dolphins have the eighth-ranked rush defense. So one of the two is going to give, and it's going to be interesting to see which one. Um, I think Starks and uh, Soliai have to step up if it's gonna be the Dolphins. They've got to get that push up the middle. They've got soli has to get back to throwing a guy five yards back into the backfield. So yeah. that'll be an interesting thing to watch.
4: And part of the one issue we want to have to deal with is, you know, Kaepernick is is a very mobile quarterback. He's a yeah. guy that can get yards on the run. Uh not just you know, not in a sense of like Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger where they make plays with their feet. But they're not really running through it. This guy's a threat. You know, if he gets outside, he's going to take off and, and you know, run well. Um, so how we contain him is going to be interesting. And uh, that's going to fall on our defensive ends to keep contained and force him back up the middle into the linebackers if he does right. decide to run. If we give up containing he goes to the outside, then, uh, you know, that's going to be a big game.
2: Yep, they they absolutely have to keep containment. They have to keep their assignments, and don't don't let him get outside the pocket. Force him to be a pocket passer and prove that he can do it with his arm, not just his legs. And I I, I like Kaepernick. I I really think that it should have still been Smith's job because I'm a big believer in you don't lose your job just because of injury. And Smith has been playing well. I mean, it's not like he was playing badly and they put in the backup and went, oh my God, he's good. I mean, I don't really have a problem with the way Drew Bledsoe lost his uh, job because Tom Brady came in there and played so much better that, okay, keep going with him. But Kaepernick, I mean, he adds a dimension to the 49ers (laughs) offense that they weren't using with Smith, but... It's not like he is absolutely tearing it up and Smiths look like Mark Sanchez all year. So I I don't – but I think Kaepernick is going to be a good quarterback in this league. Um, I would not have had a problem with them saying, okay, at the end of the season, Alex Smith is gone because we're turning it over to Kaepernick. Okay. I really think Alex Smith right now wishes that he had not just used the Dolphins as a – Flirtation device. I like flirtation device. That was nice. Uh, <laughs> as a flirtation device for the, uh, in the preseason or in the off season to try to get back at the 49ers for flirting with, um, Peyton Manning. I think, uh, he kind of wishes that he took that seriously since now he's sitting on the bench. But, yeah. Um,
4: yeah, and, uh,
2: Somehow I ended up with two pages of the site open. That was weird.
4: And speaking of Sanchez, I don't know what uh, Tom Brennan and Bill Bill uh, Brian Billick have done to whoever. I don't know if they were Fox or CBS, whatever they have done. They were stuck with the Cardinals Jets game Sunday. Poor guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they They upset somebody. But. I do find it absolutely hilarious that the Jets are bottoming out, and they go to their backup quarterback, and it's not Tebow. And I like Tebow. I think Tebow could be a good player in this league. I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league, but I think he has other capabilities that people need to start using. And I think that the Jets royally screwed him. I think that – yeah. That he never should have gone there, but I think their owner really wanted him, and the coaching staff said the right things, and they had no intention of ever using him like they said they were going to. So
4: Yeah, and it, it, it was sale tickets. And it was almost, you yeah. know, you could see Sperana sitting there, you know, clapping his hands like, yay, we can, you know, re- resurrect this Wildcat stuff. But, uh, You know, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. It's not exactly like everybody talks about. You know, whatever Tim Tebow's completion percentage is, it's not like Mark Sanchez is that much better, right? So, I mean, what do you have to lose? You know, I mean Sanchez threw the he was ten for twenty one and three interceptions. I mean, the worst that's going to happen is Tim Tebow comes in and goes ten for twenty one throws three interceptions. You know, it's not it's not like that. You know, you're sitting here thinking you know, well, Sanchez is kind of good, and this other guy's really bad. No, they're, you know, in terms of quarterbacks, I mean, per- completion percentage, actually, they're both kind of bad. So, you know, so I the other guy who got the the intangibles that, you know, hey, the guy won a playoff game, you know, and it wasn't because of his defense or anything else, you know, maybe there's something, maybe his leadership, you know, builds people and they can they follow him you know, don't keep throwing out the same thing. Um, I actually read, I was on GGN today, and I actually read one of their commenters say basically like it's the definition of insanity. You know, they're starting <laughs> they're starting again this week. It's they're doing the same things, expecting different results. You know, try yep. something. You know, try something. New. What would really be funny is if you know they go out this week. They're going to lose Chad Henney. Yep. Which <laughs> that's is,
2: what I was about to talk about. Infinity.
4: Yep. And then, you know, that'll make them 5-8, season's over with. They decide to start Tebow, and they win the last three games. Yeah. Great. If that happens, yeah, I think it would just be great. <laughs>
2: I think it, it. the irony that if Sanchez goes out and plays badly and gets benched and it finally ends his New York Jets career, the fact that it would be at the hands of Chad Henney when Henney's not in Miami anymore – I would just find that funny. All that debate over who was the better quarterback, Henny or Sanchez, and somehow Henny gets booted from Miami and would still end up being the guy <laughs> in Sanchez's career. Yeah, that would just be and funny. And if that
4: happens, if that <laughs> happens, we we need to somehow start a petition for all the people, all the fans that are going to be in Miami, all ten of them. They're going to be there for the Jaguars game. To clap and cheer when he comes out, not yep. just because he was a former player and we appreciate what he did before, even though he was a franchise guy. But he finally ended Mark Sanchez's career. <laughs> Although I'm sure Strange would, would agree with me on this, it may not be a good thing for them to get rid of Sanchez because if they keep playing him, they're going to be bad. So, yep. if they get rid of him. They might actually get a real quarterback.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, but who are they going to take? What are they for? Are they really gonna? Are they really well, gonna, gonna give up Walter. on a USC quarterback oh, go to go draft a USC quarterback?
4: <laughs> no, I think the guy that I, I seen this on a Walter Football Mock Draft, and I I agree with this. I think for a guy like Tyler Bray in the third round, he is uh,
3: not a bad he's dude.
4: got arm strength. He needs some development, but he uh, but he's a guy that they could would Sorry, i got a squirming baby here. <laughs> They're a guy, he's a guy that they can look at in the, you know, second, third round area they could bring in develop. They've got to keep Sanchez for one more year. Bring in this guy, let him see it, see Sanchez, see what he does next year, which will be more the same, and then bring in the new guy off the bench. And, you know, I think he fits that offense better. He's got a bigger arm. He can, uh, he can throw those deep passes that don't look like, you know, Wobble pump.
2: The question is, is are they gonna have that same offense? Are they gonna have the same coaches? Is is Sperano gonna get fired? Is Rex Ryan gonna get fired? I mean it would be interesting to see what happens with New York this offseason. I said that a lot tonight. Be it'll be interesting fired. to see. Yeah,
4: Ryan may get fired. I think Sperano's out. Um I think that experiment failed. Yeah. I think they're going to get rid of a lot of people. Ryan stays. He's going to have a whole new coaching staff. I don't think that – I mean, you saw how it was in Miami when Ireland stayed. Yeah. You know, they were picket lines and line banners. If they keep the same staff, same GM, and all that, you know, those fans might go and tell down the stadium. <clears throat> they're already mad, uh, and they're already exasperated at the situation if they keep doing the same things and you know I thought it was in a sense I thought it would be really funny if their first round pick was something like a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman because as bad as we would hate that they would just completely revolt yes. that because they know they need receivers pass rushers, quarterbacks, everything else like that and that would just I be think to them more of the same and
2: More um, humor
4: for us. (laughs) I I really – I feel bad for
2: Sperano. I really think that it was a bad move for him to go to New York. Um, I think that with Miami, he learned last year – he learned about where the NFL is going, and he learned how to be a better head coach, um, to open up the playbook, to stop trying to rely simply on this – ground and pound type offense and then when he got fired rex ryan brought him in there to be a ground and pound offensive coordinator and we already know it doesn't work in the nfl so sperano after learning what he did at the end of his time with miami took a step back to go run that offense with the jets and it i i think it was a bad move on his part um I almost say he shouldn't have been an offensive coordinator. He needed to go somewhere and be like an assistant head coach and running backs coach or something, you know, go be something else. Don't have that pressure of trying to run that offense again. So, yeah, I think that I I like Sperano. I I wish him well. I glad he's not doing well in New York. Because it's the Jets, but yeah.
4: Well, and I think if you know you're talking about Alex Smith, I think if you replace, you know, assuming they don't lose all got the guys' injuries, I mean that's just something you can't really see. That would, I mean, that would hurt anybody, any offense. But uh, if you if you take Alex Smith and put him on that team, they're a playoff contender. He he, he can manage the game. He makes the good throws. He's accurate. Problem there is not necessarily – I mean, yeah, you don't actually want to go with the ground and pound, but when they do need to throw the ball, the quarterback's just not very accurate. Yeah. And so I I think think that poor Sperano got saddled with that. I mean, he he tried to run a different type of offense in Miami, comes up here to New York, tries to run an offense, and he just saddled with these bad quarterbacks.
2: I think – I I heard on – it might have been Mike and Mike. It was on something today, I don't remember. But uh, they were discussing the fact that Rex Ryan came out, excuse me, came out and said that uh, Sanchez is still a starter and all that, and they pointed out that they said it's the only move he could make because now if they end up bottoming out and tanking the rest of the season, he can turn around to the owner and GM, and I, I think Strange is right in the thread saying the GM is gone, but he can turn around and go look it's Sanchez. The guy just fell apart. I give me a new quarterback and I can succeed. And it's a gamble. I mean, absolutely. It's a gamble, but it's one he might be able to pull off because I think the um, owner really likes Rex Ryan. I think, I, I think that he, he has a possibility to stay. I wouldn't be surprised if he was fired, but I think he has a possibility to stay.
4: Yeah, I mean, his, 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 uh you know, his his personality, his bravado, all of that stuff, you know, it brings media attention. So, yes. I mean, he's, I mean, when Philbin goes up there and talks about the game, it's kind of like listening to a theoretical f- physics lecture, you know. You're just like, all right, this guy, he might have something funny to say, but he's pretty dry, just because I would say stuff. Same with Belichick, guys like that, they're just Game, talk, game, talk, game, talk, blah, blah, blah. When Rex goes out there, you know, most of these writers are like, we're going to get something that we can write about for two weeks. So I think the owner likes that because it keeps his team in the media. But then again, you know, it's a result-based thing. So he's got to, you know, if they get him a new quarterback, he's going to have to win with this guy, you know, or else, you know, he's probably not going to get another head coaching job.
2: yeah. I think – sorry, I was reading again. Um, I think – I I don't know. I I can see it going either way. I personally would like him to be gone just because I really don't like him. He's he's freaking so far over the top that he drives me crazy. But I don't know. It will be interesting. (laughs) Strange just points out. Uh, Sperano's head coaching and offensive coordinator experience starts with Chad Pennington and ends with Tim Tebow going from the most to the least accurate
4: <laughs> yeah well, you said he took a step backwards and that's like yeah. a giant leap backwards <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um I wanted to bring this up because I watched it today and we're a little over an hour and I figure we're getting closer to the end of the show Um the uh NFL Network had their Barry Sanders, a football life. And I watched it because I I loved Barry. Um, There are people that will put him at number one, and I can't argue with that as as the best running back of all time. Uh, I would put Walter Payton ahead of him, and then I'd say probably Barry. But uh, I I think sweetness was just amazing. Um, But I can't argue that Barry Sanders is at least among the top two um, But one of the things that came out during that show, and it was kind of interesting, was that the Dolphins apparently were trying to do a um, – why did I just forget his name? Herschel Walker-type trade and get Barry Sanders to Miami.
4: Oh, I remember that.
2: And they said – uh the coaches and GMs brought Barry in and said, hey, look, you're either tr- you're either playing for us or you're not playing, and that was part of why he retired. And he says that's not true, that he was never looking to go somewhere else and that he's not angry with Detroit, and that wasn't why. But that's an interesting um, – it's an interesting thought. Can you imagine Barry with Danny? That would have been uh, well, awesome.
4: Yeah, I mean – it so was right at the that. end of Thank
2: Danny's you. career. I think Barry retired before the ninety nine season and then Danny retired at the end of the ninety nine season. So
4: Yeah, I, I remember I remember that and I just remember thinking I mean it was one of those like, well just go ahead and, you know, order your Super Bowl tickets now. Um
2: would have been freaking because, awesome.
4: Yeah, I I don't even want to think about it. It makes me mad. But um <laughs> just I'm one of those. I put I put Sanders as the best because it just, just because of his running style. Yep. I thought he, you know, he had. I think he got the the most negative runs in in league history. But at the same time, you know, he's the true definition of a home run threat. And I think uh, Bill Simmons put uh, on his site that there's he's like there's certain athletes that we, we have watched that you will never see the likes of again. He said, you know, you've got guys like Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, these guys that are physical freaks and things. But he had Barry Sanders. He's like, you're never going to see another Barry Sanders again. And, you know, as good as as the these guys are in college, you're just never going to see a guy do the stuff he does. I mean, he just was, I don't know, it was like he was made out of rubber or yeah. he was a ghost or something. I mean, he was, it was like he was here and the guy was going to hit him, and then he's somewhere else. And the guy's tackling there. It was awesome. And one guy, I heard, it was on one of those, you know, top ten shows on on the NFL Network. He said he's the only guy that if you stuck him in a phone booth and stuck a defensive player in there, he would get out of that.
2: Yeah, Barry probably could have. I, I that guy was ridiculous. Wow. I just – for whatever reason, I just went on eBay. There is a – they're doing a uh, sports memorabilia collection right now. Um, A 1997 Ultra Stars Gold Michael Jordan number 1 in 9.5 gem mint condition is at $5,600 right now. (laughs) People might still like Michael. A Lou Brock card in eight near mint to mint is for seventy-five dollars. So Lou Brock gets seventy-five dollars. A Michael Jordan gets fifty six hundred.
4: You might have
2: to explain the youngest of Lou Brock. Babe Ruth signed baseball. A babe Ruth signed baseball is up for two grand. A Michael Jordan Auto, or not even autographed. A Michael Jordan basketball card is fifty six hundred. <laughs>
4: uh, what people will pay for?
2: Yep, that's nuts. <laughs> a Michael Jordan signed rookie of the year authentic jersey is eight hundred and ten dollars. It's just interesting to see what they have on here.
4: Yeah, hell? I'm not an ebay shopper. I don't I don't buy much stuff online. I'm gonna try to do most of my Christmas shopping online this year because I hate crowds and I don't like to uh not that I hate crowds, I hate shopping crowds. Put it that way. I'm not yeah. one of those that likes to go through the mall and, and wade through a bunch of people to try to <laughs> pick up something. So
2: There's a uh eight by ten autographed Dan Marino photo for a hundred and twelve fifty right now.
4: Somebody tell Ohio.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> you will own it. Yeah, looking at the Dolphins this week um, It's going to be really interesting To me to see how the offense responds After having such a You know, kind of a lackluster week And not because of You know, I think this was a, a bad game for Tannehill He didn't throw a pick, he scored a rushing touchdown But he was wildly inaccurate Um you know, I've been discussing with some, some folks on the side about Brian Hartline, and, you know, the guy's putting up good numbers. And if Tannehill connects, if he has just slightly better passes this past week in anyone uh Hartline walks out of there with seven or eight catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't know what much more people would want from him than that. But, yep. you know, there was a slightly overthrown deep pass. There was a couple others that missed. But, I just want to see, you know, how how this how the offense is going to respond against their defense because they're going to they're going to stop the run. We're going to struggle there. What are we going to do to counteract that? How are we going to beat them in the passing game? And uh, it's going to be interesting. That that I think to me that's the biggest thing about this week: seeing um, seeing the offense versus their defense.
2: Yep, absolutely. It's they have the Two rushing defense and three passing defense or something like that. So, yeah. That's it's going to be rough. It's going to be a uh...
4: But then again, we go up against Seattle and they had one of the better defenses and we ran all over them and threw all over them like it was nothing. So, you know, we go up against Tennessee and Buffalo and we Look like garbage, and we play one of the better defenses, and we come out looking like you know a well-oiled machine. And then we go up against New England, and I don't know what they are uh, defensively, right. and you know look kind of iffy. So who knows? This might be one of those weeks ten hill throws for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. And like, we, we, why didn't we see that against you know Buffalo and Tennessee and these really bad defenses? So
3: <laughs>
4: I don't know what to expect, but I'm I'd like to see what. What happens there and how he adjusts to to the week that he had where, you know, it wasn't an issue. Yeah, we need some playmakers. We need some receivers and tight ends and whatever. But in, in a week where the guys we had made some plays and he didn't connect with them. So it's going to be interesting to see how he responds and comes back from that.
2: It will be. Um I wish that – I wish we didn't have the 49ers this week. We couldn't have the Jags this week and the 49ers next week. But, yeah, that that was – that's rough scheduling. And, I mean, Seattle was a rough game too. So, Seattle, Patriots, 49ers, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. That's That's a rough schedule. So –
4: and, you know, when you look at it we had we had three winnable games, the Colts, even though know, they have a winning record. You know, they're not blowing people away. Have had the Colts, the Titans and the Bills that were you know, if you looked on the schedule when Miami was four and three, you would have thought, We've got those games. Yeah, we go you know, we lose those, but we go we beat Seattle, who was a playoff team team. We hang with the Patriots in our offense, you know, didn't play Oh, that well. That's right. We <laughs> uh went home with the Patriots and we only lost by seven, down and held them to twenty three points. So, you know, maybe that you know and nobody's gonna pick us and I understand that. But you know, I don't think it's gonna be you know, most people pick the Patriots to go, you know, thirty eight to twenty against us, not twenty three
3: to sixteen. Right. So I think we
4: might see another one of those type of games where people are like, Oh, the forty ers will be thirty five to fourteen and it ends up being a 2017 game. So hopefully, we've got 20. Yeah. So I mean, it's just kind of the way this team's played. You know, we we go up against these teams. You know, like when the Cardinals when we played them, they were three and zero or two and zero or something, one of the better teams in the league. They were three and zero. You know, have a top ten defense, one of the better secondaries, and we light them up. Yep. It, it seems like the Dolphins play up to their competition and play down to their competition. So. You know, we're probably going to see bad games against the Jags and the Bills, and we play the Forty ers and Patriots like like, <laughs> like we're a good team or something. Yeah, it's it's,
2: it's how we roll. We're good like that.
4: Yes, or <laughs> <laughs> bad like that. Either
2: one. <laughs> yeah, technicalities. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I guess uh, we're hour and fifteen minutes in, so I guess go ahead and in the show unless you got anything else you want to bring up.
4: Um no not off the top of my head. I think I ran my mouth enough.
2: But well thank you for calling in. Um Strange, thank you for talking to yourself throughout the show and the live thread. Um and I'll be back Friday with our Google Plus Hangout show. Uh probably going late night again. I think we're going to go probably 1130 Friday night. Uh, So far, that seems like the best show we've had. There's only a couple people in there, but the uh, flow went well. Strange helped out a lot on that, and Agent J helped out. So we'll probably go 1130 Eastern Friday night again for the Google Plus Hangout show, and we'll be back next week with the Finnsider podcast on Wednesday night. So thanks, guys, and everybody have a good night.
1: Good night, everyone. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. And you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure you were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over.